You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. Good to see you this morning, and um, it's always a privilege to be together and um, to feed upon the Word of God. The Word is powerful. Yes. It's interesting that when you look at the Bible, in the book of Genesis, before, I mean, the Bible starts by saying, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And later on, we see that the earth was without form and void. Darkness was upon the face of the deep. Then it says, the Spirit of the Lord moved over the waters. The Spirit of God hovered over the waters. You see, the Spirit can move, but until God speaks, things are not settled. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. The Spirit of God moved over the waters, but until God spoke, nothing changed. Nothing changed. And that's why the Word of God is significant, it's important. If you don't value the Word of God, you don't value your life. Because the Bible says that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Your sustenance is from the Word of God. So even God himself depends on his Word. It's amazing. It's something that is hard for our minds to fully grasp. But God is committed to His Word. He's committed to His Word. And everything He does is governed by His Word. He lives His life by His Word. Can you imagine that? So, any opportunity we have to interact with the Word of God is a great opportunity. Do you understand me? Yeah. It's a great opportunity. It's a great privilege. Because the Eternal One Himself has chosen to do things by His Word. So when he wants to deliver someone, he sends a word. Correct? Yeah. When he wanted to save, what did he do? He sent his word. He sent Jesus. That's his word made flesh. So there is nothing that God will do without his word. And that's why he will do all he can to fight against the Word of God in our lives. 
We've been looking at, we've been talking about components of spiritual strength. I think I want to bring this to a close today because I can go on and on. Um, but let's look at the truth as a component of spiritual strength. The truth. The truth is vital. You, you cannot be stronger than the truth you uphold. You cannot be stronger than the truth you apply in your life. So no matter how strong you think you are, if you don't have the truth, you're weak. In fact, you're weaker than you think. Many people are living in an illusion <laughs> where they think that because they are religious, that they are strong. But when life hits them, then they realize that they are not what they thought they were. Are you getting me? Yeah. So... The truth is important. It's vital. But let's start by looking at a few. First of all, we know that God's word is truth, right? Yes. His word is true. His word is powerful. So, in other words, truth... Uh, the Greek word for truth means reality. So the absolute reality of things. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Correct? He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And the scriptures tell us in Psalm 119. Maybe let's start from there. Psalm 119, verse 160. It says that the entirety of your word is truth. And every one of your righteous judgments endures forever. Can you see that? The entirety of your word is truth. The entirety of your word is truth. I think there's another version that says the sum of your word. I'm not sure what version that is. It says the sum of your word is truth. In other words, it's not just, okay, yeah, they amplify. The sum of your word is truth. That's the total of the full meaning of all your individual precepts. I like that. And every one of your righteous decrees endures forever. So it's not what you handpick that is truth. Are you getting my point? And one of the ways that the enemy weakens people. Do you know that the word is already settled in heaven. So Satan cannot change it. Okay? He cannot change it. And he knows there's nothing he can do about the word of God. And he knows the word of God is powerful. 
He knows that the word of God will come to pass. So what does he do? He finds a way to get into our lives, okay, to distort the truth. He finds a way to twist it. He finds a way to twist it, and that is one of his major skills. Yeah. He is an expert at twisting the truth, the Word of God. He is really experienced there. And that's why you need to be grounded in the, in the truth. You need to be grounded in the Word of God. Because I'm telling you, if you are not grounded in the Word of God, you won't know when you are swept off your feet. You won't know. So, because of that, Satan has his own theologians that actually study the Word of God and come up with teachings that twist the truth. So, for an enemy to deceive, he needs the Word. He needs the truth. He takes he takes the word of God and then finds a way to make it say what it is not saying. That's his, that's his game. So if he wants to weaken you spiritually, one of the areas that he's going to target in your life is your conviction about the truth. There are certain things you believe. Alright? Some of us have believed some lies. Let me just tell you. There are some religious lies you have believed that are not necessarily the truth. They're religious, but they're not the truth. So, but then there are people, there are some of us, we have got some truth. We've got the truth in certain areas. And then the enemy has a plan. <laughs> he has a plan. Because now he cannot tell you, stop worshipping God. He knows you won't stop. So what does he do? He finds a way to make you to believe a lie to be true. So he wants to attack the truth in your life. But... We must not allow him. Amen. Do you agree? Amen. Yeah. So it's the entirety of his word that is truth. That's what the Bible is telling us here. In other words, when you come across a scripture, don't just lift it and run with it. You have to read the entire, you have to interpret it in the light of the entire Bible. Okay? You've heard, you've heard the, the joke about this man that, that asked God to speak to him. He prays, Lord, speak to me. And then he opens the Bible. It's like, Abracadabra, speak to me. Then he opens the Bible. 
And the first thing he sees is, and Judas went to hang himself. Sure. So what's God telling me now? <laughs> then he closes it again. Hey, abracatabra. Opens it. Sees what you have. Uh, go and do likewise. Shh. <laughs> huh? Hey, he shook his head and closed it. Then he opened again. Huh? Not only Judas hung himself. Not only go and do likewise, what you have to do, do it quickly. <laughs> yeah, do it quickly. Now, is that God speaking? It's not God speaking. But those are scriptures. Taken out of context, that's right. Scriptures lifted. So sometimes people will just lift certain scriptures and make the Bible to say what it is not saying. We see it every day, even in journalism, isn't it? <laughs> Am I correct? Yeah. So sometimes people will, you are saying something. They, they, they know what they want you to sound like. So they can edit what you are saying. And you are being quoted. And of course, you end up hearing and say, Is, oh, that's not the context of that statement. But then, you now have to fight to undo the damage that has gone forth. Correct? They have a way they can ask you a question and they can, they can uh, frame the question in a way that they will get a particular kind of answer from you. And unfortunately, politicians don't understand these things. Yeah, I think politicians should go and school, go and learn how to deal with the media. Because they're always giving them content. Free content every day, every day, every day. Yeah, so, but the same applies to the Word of God today. Let's look at an example, a very popular example, Genesis chapter 3. In Genesis chapter 3, uh, first parents. <laughs> ah. It says, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Now, he knew what God said. Correct? Was he there when, Adam, when God told Adam, I don't know. We don't know. But somehow he got to know. 
he got to know what God said. It wasn't written at that time. It was during the time of mostly oral communication. You know, the written word used to be oral before it got written. Do you understand that? Yeah. So some people have the, the impression that when it is spoken, it is not God's word. There are some, some theologians that preach that God doesn't speak today because he has already said everything that he needs to say. And it is in the canon of scriptures. That's a distortion. Okay. Yeah. So, God has spoken to them. And Satan comes through the serpent. And says, has God said? Has God indeed said? You shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And of course, the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God said, You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Now, we know that God didn't say, Don't touch it. Is that not so? Where is, where is that scripture? Verse 17. Or 16 of chapter 2. It says, The Lord commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Did you see anything about touching there? <laughs> Can you see you shall not eat, for in the day you eat from it, you shall die. Surely die. In the Hebrew it says, dying, you shall surely die. Yes. So now you go back to chapter 3, and you see what the woman says. It says, verse 3, But of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat of it, nor shall you touch it. Lest you die. Have you read the scripture that says, Don't add to God's word? Yeah. There was an addition here. So, I don't know, maybe Adam told his wife, don't touch it. Don't even touch it. Yeah. So if they had children, maybe they'll tell the children, don't look. But when you add to God's word, you stand the risk of getting into error. Yes? So, 
The only thing we know is that God said, don't eat, for in the day you eat from it, dying you shall surely die. Okay, verse 4. Then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. Come on. Think about it. How can a fruit make you die? A fruit from a loving God. I mean, think about it. What's your favorite fruit? <laughs> Nectarines. Lychee. The one that they ate. <laughs> Which one did they eat? He says apple. Where, where did you get that? Where did it come from? Who told you it's an apple? <laughs> where? Did you see? <laughs> where does it say it was an apple? Oh, but we just read the Bible now. You, that's an addition. I could even say it was great. Why apple? Ah, you see, you see. Hmm? What fruit has caused more damage? <laughs> to human society today. Huh? <laughs> Yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> I'm speaking a coded language now. No, I'm just, I'm, I'm not saying that that's it, but I'm just trying to say the likelihood that it is an apple is, the probability is, is so small. A grape is even closer than an apple. <laughs> because a grape you can use to make an intoxicating drink that has d damaged many lives, <laughs> many homes. Yeah, even in the Bible, it has caused a lot of havoc. It's the, it's the fruit that God tells the Nazarene, don't even touch. Huh? Don't be drunk, yes. Samson was not to come close to it, not to touch it, not to, not to drink it. John the Baptist was told not to drink it. So if I want to use logic, I will go towards the grape rather than the apple. How apple came, I don't know. Now, I'm not saying it's the grape, but I'm just using logic now. So it's not an apple, my brother. It's okay to love an apple. <laughs> say an apple a day keeps the doctor away. <laughs> yeah. But you see, Satan's strategy is to make sure he questions the, the truth. Because he knows he cannot defeat you. 
until you begin to doubt the word of God. He has to make you to get to a point where you are shaking in your conviction. You are shaking in your belief now. Huh? Is it only the blood of Jesus that can save us? What about this? What about that? By the time you start thinking like that, you are getting weak. Spiritually. So, what is happening is that darkness is entering into your heart. And at that moment, I'm telling you, you can be swept off your feet. And one of the signs of the last days, if you remember in Matthew 24, when the disciples of Christ asked him, what will be the sign of your return? Tell us how to know when you will come back. Because Jesus has been telling them, listen, I'm going to the Father, but I will come back. I'm going to come back to take my bride. I'm coming back. But th- and they ask him, what will be the sign? How are we going to know when it is time for you to come? The first sign Jesus gives them in Matthew 24 Verse 4. Let's look at verse 4. He answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you. Can you see? So that is a sign that deception is prevalent in our time. There are preachers who are antichrist. I'm telling you before God. They are, they are carrying the spirit of Antichrist, they, but they use the word of God to deceive people. The Bible says that if Satan is able to transform himself into an angel of light, he says, isn't a surprise that his apostles are also transformed into apostles of light. They pretend. So there are apostles who are not sent by God. But how do they get people to believe them? They use the word. So Satan uses the word. God uses the word. And that's why we need to be strong in the word. Are you getting me? We need to be strong in the word. Why? Because we are living in the age of deception. This is, this is the number one sign. Before Jesus talked about earthquakes, wars, rumors of wars, and all those things, first thing he says is deception. And I have news for you. It is happening today. It is happening. It is happening. We cannot call names, but let me tell you, it is real. (laughs) What Jesus said is happening live. As we speak. So that's why we need the truth. We need to be strong in the truth. Okay? The Bible says that The church of the living God is the pillar and ground of truth. 
we are supposed to be grounded in the truth. And do you know that deception is not necessarily a lie? A deception, deception can be just to, to modulate the truth. Take the truth and just, just bend it and give a different impression. Do you know that there is a difference between telling a lie and making a lie? All right? What do I mean? I can say, I can come to you and say, I'm a woman. Now, of course, you know I'm lying. Correct? Although, right now, what is happening is that Satan has worked on the minds of people to a point where a man is doubting that he's a man. How do you get to that point? That's the power of deception. How a man can wake up in the morning and say, I'm a woman. Is that no deception? Or a woman gets up and says she's a man. Oh. <laughs> it is real. Do you know it was not... Years ago you couldn't talk like that. Am I correct? <laughs> Even in Zimbabwe you can't... <laughs> Yeah, but the point is that I want you to see how deception is growing. See how deception is growing. So what used to be wrong is now right. We're living in dangerous days. Yes. So it's like in, uh, in Japan where they say adultery is no longer a crime if it's done for business purposes. Come on. I mean, we're pro the progressives here. <laughs> yes. It's for, if it's for business, it's okay. It's so if a woman goes to say, I, I want to file for, or even a man says, I want to file a divorce because of adultery. The, the judge will say, and if the, the spouse is able to prove that it's for business purposes, they say, no, this it's not a crime. <laughs> yes? Come on. Or is it in Somalia where it is now a crime to marry just one wife? Yeah. Yes, yes. So you need to, if you, if, you, if you refuse, you end up in jail. You'll be jailed. And if a woman stops her husband from marrying a second wife, death sentence. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know what is coming next. But listen, my brethren, we need to be strong in the truth. We need to be grounded in the truth. These times that we're living in are perilous times. <laughs> to, to, to quote Apostle Paul. Yeah. So, if the enemy will get you, 
to believe a lie. And people were like, I mean, some people are saying, wow, I need to move to Somalia. <laughs> Can you imagine? Hmm? Then I came across a group of Christian polygamists. Yes. Biblical, in fact, they call it biblical polygamy. Can you imagine? And so I'm, and I'm telling you, it's, it is, it's, I mean, it, it has a large following. And people are using the scriptures. The entirety of your word is truth, not a portion. You see, so when you take one aspect, instead of interpreting it in the light of everything he has said, because yes, there are things God said before which he has um, adjusted. Because there are things in the old covenant that are not a reality under the new covenant. So you need to interpret the old in the light of the new. There are things that Moses said that Jesus came and adjusted. Correct? Yeah. He says an eye for an eye. Moses said an eye for an eye. Hmm? Jesus says, I say. Because he is the way, the truth, and the life. Isn't it? The Bible tells us in John chapter 1 verse 14. In John chapter 1 verse 14, he says that grace and truth came through Jesus. Yes? Grace and truth. It says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. Talking about the word. Who is the word? Jesus. Right? The glory as the only begotten of the Father. Full of what? Grace and truth. Look at verse 17. Verse 17. Verse 17, he says, For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So, Moses gave the law. That's fine. The law had a purpose. The Bible says that the law was given as a schoolmaster to lead us to Christ. Right? So, the law was a type and a shadow. The ceremonies and all of that. But now the real substance has come. It's like you are now... Imagine someone. You're married. Huh? You're married. You are, let's say, your wife travels. She's in... Uh, Germany or wherever, okay? You have a photo, okay? You have a photo of your wife. Every time you're looking at the picture, oh, I miss you, and this, this, this. You talk, thank God for technology. You can Skype now and all of that. And then your wife arrives. When she arrives, you still want to Skype. When you are seeing her face to face, you, you, you want, instead of talking to her face to face, you want to Skype. Is that not a problem? Yeah. Or you're talking to the photo. 
So that's what happened with the law and Christ. So the things in the Old Testament were types and shadows. That's what Colossians tells us. They are types and shadows. Now the substance is Christ. Christ himself came. But instead of embracing Christ, some people are still embracing the shadow. There is something wrong. That cannot be the truth. Are you following me? Yeah, so we need to be well founded in the truth. Are you, do you agree with that? Well, you have to. If you don't, you have a problem. <laughs> Let's look at John chapter 14, verse 17. So, not only is Jesus the truth, but look at what he says. Let's read verse 16, from verse 16. It says, And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you for ever. ever. Okay? 17. The Spirit of what? Of truth. So, Jesus is the truth. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of, the tr of truth. Come on. Yeah. Whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. Why did God give us the Holy Spirit? To keep us in the truth. To keep us in the truth. That's why you need to develop a relationship with the Holy Spirit if you are not going to be deceived. You need to know God for yourself. You need to know the Word and you need to know the Holy Spirit. 1 John chapter 1, verse 20. 1 John chapter 1, verse 20. He says, verse 20. So, chapter 2, verse 20, sorry. Chapter 2, verse 20. 1 John chapter 2, verse 20. It says, but you have an anointing from the Holy One and you know all things. Verse 27. 27. It says, but the anointing which you have received from him abides in you. The anointing he's talking about here is the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of truth. Okay? Abides in you. And you do not need that anyone teach you. But that same anointing teaches you concerning all things and is what? True. And is not a lie. Just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. So when you have the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth in you, He is there to keep you from error. And that's why when you listen to somebody, listen, I know many of you, you listen to all kinds of people. It's okay. But you better have the Spirit of truth to bear witness in you when you listen to people. Because I don't want somebody to come to me tomorrow and say, Pastor, I think uh, I need a second wife now. Because I am convinced. You have believed a lie. Yeah. Yes? Okay, you might not say that, but... <laughs> yeah. Because I was listening to one man, and I, and I couldn't believe what he was saying. He was attacking tithes and offerings. And I said, how can, how can this man attack this? 
what's wrong with this guy? And he's bringing some scriptures and, and I'm like, no, 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 no. He's twisting the word. This is not it at all. And he's telling people to stop tithing. I said, what? How can you do that? And he's a popular man. With a large following. So if people are listening and they cannot allow, if the spirit of God in them, if the spirit of truth is not in them, or if they don't listen to the spirit of truth, they won't know that he's lying. Because it's very convincing. So when you listen to people who interpret scriptures without the Holy Spirit, I'm telling you, you will ultimately end up in error. Because the Bible is the truth. And it takes the spirit of truth to interpret the word. So, what am I saying? You need to be strong in the truth. You need to be strong in the word. And you need the spirit of truth. You need to have a relationship with the spirit of truth himself. Why? That is going to help you. That will keep you. Yes? It says in verse 21, it says, I have not written to you because you do not know the truth, but because you know it and that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? He is the Antichrist who denies the Father and the Son. Whoever denies Jesus does not have the Father, neither, huh? either he who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. So, you see, at this time of this writing, John was confronting a false doctrine that denied that Jesus was, actually came in the flesh. So the doctrine of the Gnostics believe that the flesh is totally evil and that God cannot associate with flesh. So Jesus did not actually have a physical body. But if he didn't have a physical body, how, how did he die? You can't kill God. Have you ever killed a spirit? So he, he was 100% man. He was physical in the flesh. So John was confronting that here. But the point is that there are many other lies that are coming up right now. There are some contemporary lies. Like some of the few I've just shared. But there are some more coming. The enemy is working hard. Huh? To make sure that God loses more people. Do you remember the testimony of uh, Itumeleng where she talked about how when she was taken to heaven and she met the father and she was asking him, do you, have any do you ever talk with the devil? And he said, yes. What do you talk about? He says, the devil always tells him how he's going to take all his people. He's going to take all of God's people away. So he's boasting to God about it. But how do you think he's going to do that? Without deception, it's not possible. Deception worked in the garden, and I have news for you, it's working today. 
All he needs is a little bit of falsehood. Mix it with the truth. He takes the word and he twists it. Remember how he tried to, he, he tried to kill Jesus? He says, are you the son? If, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down for it is written. He quoted the word. He can quote, if he quoted the word to Jesus, guess what? He can quote the word to you. Yes? He'll quote the word to you. Huh? Yeah. So we need, this is the time to be strong in the truth. This is the time to be well founded in the truth. Amen? Amen. Yeah. He says, verse 24, Therefore let that abide in you which you heard from the beginning. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, you will also abide in the Son and in the Father. Can you see? He's telling them, what you have received from the beginning, let it remain in you. Don't lose it. Okay? Satan is after it. And this is the promise that he has promised us. Eternal life. These things I have written to you concerning those who try to deceive you. It is even worse now. Satan is more experienced now than he was 2,000 years ago. Okay? Yeah. So, what are we saying? The truth is vital. Time will not allow me to share some more scriptures about the truth. But let's look at Ephesians chapter 6. You know the warfare scripture. <laughs> yes? Ephesians 6, 14. It's listing there our armor, the armor that God has given to us. One of them, uh, one of them is, he says, stand therefore having girded your waist with what? Truth. Can you see? So the truth is your belt. That's what holds the entire armor together. There is the breastplate of righteousness. Yes? There is the sword of the spirit. There is the helmet of salvation. There is the, the shoes huh? in preparation for the gospel of peace. Let's, let's, in fact, let's read it. Let's read it. Um, from verse... Where does it start? Um, it, okay, 13, yeah. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Having done all to stand. You see, there is an evil day. And listen, we are in an evil day. This is a day of deception. This is a day when evil is growing. Okay? In the evil day. That you'll be able to stand. Right? Then he, he now says, Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. Yes, verse 15. And 
having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, yes, above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked one, hmm? and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, right? And then he talks about prayer, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. This is warfare. We are in a war. My brothers, my sisters, we are in a war. There is a war for your soul. There's a war for this nation. There's a war for this city. There's a war for your family. There's a war for the church. Satan wants everything. So we have to equip ourselves. But the truth is what holds everything together. Holds everything together. You cannot say you are strong and you are, you are not standing in the truth. What kind of strength is that? The entrance of the word brings light. So you cannot be... <laughs> you know that in military, in war, when it is dark, the soldiers that are able to fight at night, uh, they have, uh, what do they call those goggles? Uh, night vision or whatever. Those that have it have an upper hand over those that don't. Am I correct? Because if you can't see clearly, you cannot fight. So Satan tries to distort the scriptures so that people cannot see clearly. And if they cannot see clearly, imagine you can't see clearly about healing. Is it healing you are going to, are you going to be able to exercise faith for healing? If you are sick now and then you believe the lie that says, ah, this can be a blessing in disguise. How will you stand? You can't fight it. Because you say, oh, maybe, you know, maybe God wants to teach me something. Uh, actually, since I've been sick, now I've learned so much. Why can't you learn without being sick? Why do you have to be sick to learn? Yeah. So there are teachings that were introduced to weaken the faith of the church. To make the church double-minded about the word of God. To make the church double-minded about the promises of God. Do you understand? And so we need to begin to identify them. And then give them a knock. Get them out of your life and you will be strong. Hallelujah. No wonder he couldn't get Jesus. He tried, tried, tried. Tried. He couldn't. Why? Jesus is strong. And you need to be strong like Jesus. He's your example. He's your big brother. Come on, let's stand up. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you. We bless you. We glorify you. Thank you for the truth. Your word is truth. The entirety of your word is truth. Lord God, show us any lie in our lives. Lord, I ask that you will expose any lie that we have believed, any distortion that we have embraced, anything, oh God, that has, is weakening us spiritually, that is weakening us. Lord, I ask that you will cause your light to shine. Lord, begin to reveal, expose everything in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Mighty God, mighty God, anything that causes us to doubt your word. Oh, Father, I come against them right now. Every mindset, oh, Lord, every, every thought pattern, every thought pattern 
Lord God, that has been erected in our minds. Every stronghold that the enemy has tactically placed in our minds. Oh God, to limit us, to hinder us from moving forward. Let them be pulled down right now. In the name of Jesus, I pull down every stronghold. I pull down every deception. Oh God, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, the Bible says, The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God. To the pulling down of strongholds. To the pulling down of strongholds. I command strongholds to come down right now. In the name of Jesus, every lie that we have believed, anything that we have embraced that is not of you, we pull down right now. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I speak strength to every spirit. I speak strength, O God. To our conviction. Oh God, in the name of Jesus, make us stronger. Oh God, stronger in the things that we have believed. Things that have been delivered to us. Oh God, that which we have received from the beginning. We hold on to that, oh God. In the name of Jesus, we refuse to progress from the truth. We refuse to progress from the truth. In the name of Jesus, we, we choose to remain in the truth. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We bless you, Father. We give you glory. We give you praise. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you this morning. We glorify you. I ask that your truth, oh Father, will be established in our lives. Help us, oh God, to be strong in the truth. Lord God, strengthen our convictions. Oh, my Lord, let the spirit of the age not have a hold on anyone here. Anyone that is listening to me, Lord, I ask right now that you will release the spirit of truth. The spirit that bears witness. Oh, God, that any time we come in contact with any error, any lie of the enemy, or any distortion, my God, that we will be able to recognize it in the name of Jesus. Enable our spirits to pick instantly. Oh God, and help us, oh God, not to open our spirits to lying spirits. Help us not to open our spirits to any kind of deception. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. We give you glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.